0: Chapter Fourteen of Nobody. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit org Recording by Gabby Cowan. Nobody by Susan Warner. Chapter Fourteen Watched. Have I found you, Miss Lothrop? Looking over her shoulder, Lois saw the handsome features of mr caruthers wearing a smile of most undoubted satisfaction and to the scorn of all her previous considerations she was conscious of a flush of pleasure in her own mind this was not suffered to appear i thought i was where nobody could find me she answered do you think there is such a place in the whole world said tom gallantly meanwhile he scrambled over some inconvenient rocks to a place by her side i am very glad to find you miss luddrop both ways first at appledore and then here to this compliment lois made no reply what has driven you to this little out-of-the-way nook you mean appledore no no this very uncomfortable situation among the rocks here What drove you to it? You think there is no attraction? I don't see what attraction there is here for you. Then you should not have come to Appledore. Why not? There is nothing here for you. Ah, but what is there for you? Do you find anything here to like now, really? I have been down in this uncomfortable place ever since near five o'clock, except while we were at breakfast. What for, what for, said Lois, laughing, if you ask it is not use to tell you, Mr. Carruthers, oh, be generous, said Tom. I'm a stupid fellow, I know, but do try and help me a little to a sense of the beautiful is it the beautiful, by the way, or is it something else? Lois's laugh rang softly out again. She was a country girl, it is true but her laugh was as sweet to hear as the ripple of the waters among the stones the laugh of anybody tells very much of what he is making revelations undreamt of often by the laugher a harsh croak does not come from a mind at peace not an empty clangor from a heart full of sensitive happiness nor a coarse laugh from a person of refined sensibilities nor a hard laugh from a tender spirit moreover people cannot dissemble successfully in laughing the truth comes out in a startling manner lois laugh was sweet and musical it was a pleasure to hear and tom's eyes said so i always knew i was a stupid fellow he said but i never felt myself so stupid as to-day what is it miss lovetrop what is what mr caruthers i beg your pardon What is it you find in this queer place? I'm afraid it is waste trouble to tell you. "'Good morning!' cried a cheery voice here from below them, and looking towards the water, they saw Mr. Lennox making his way as best he could over a slippery seaweed and wet rocks. "'Hello, George!' cried Tom in a different tone. "'What are you doing there?' "'Trying to keep out of the water, don't you see?' To an ordinary mind that object would seem more likely to be attained if you kept further away from it. May I come up where you are? Certainly, said Lois, but take care how you do it. A little scrambling and the help of Tom's hand accomplished the feat, and the newcomer looked about him with much content. You came the other way, he said. I see. I shall know how next time. What a delightful post, Miss Lothrop. I have been trying to find what she came here for, and she won't tell me, said Tom. You know what you came here for, said his friend. Why cannot you credit other people with as much curiosity as you have yourself? I credit them with more, said Tom. But curiosity on Appledore will find itself baffled, I should say. Depends on what curiosity is after, said Lennox. Tell him, Miss Lutrop, he will not be any the wiser then why should i tell him said lois perhaps i shall lois's laugh came again seriously if any one were to ask me not only what we bought what anybody should come to this place for i should be unprepared with an answer i am forcibly reminded of an old gentleman who went up mount washington on one occasion when i also went up it came on to rain a sudden summer gust and downpour hiding the very mountain itself from our eyes hiding the path hiding the members of the party from each other we were descending the mountain by that time and it was ticklish work for a nervous person every one was committed to his own sweet guidance and as i went blindly stumbling along i came every now and then upon the old gentleman also stumbling along on his donkey and whenever I was near enough to him, I could hear him dismally, soliloquizing, "'Why, I'm here!' in a tone of mingled disgust and self-reproach, which was in the highest degree comical. "'So that is your state of mind now, is it?' said Tom. "'Not quite yet, but I feel it's going to be, unless Miss Lodrop can teach me something.' "'There are some things that cannot be taught,' said Lois and people hey but i am not one of those miss Lotrop. he looked at her with such a face of demure innocence that lois could not keep her gravity now tom is lennox went on you cannot teach him anything miss Lotrop. it would be lost labor i am not so stupid as you think said tom he's not stupid he's obstinate lennox went on addressing himself to lois he takes a thing in his head now that sounds intelligent but it isn't or he isn't for when you try you can't get it out of his head again so he took it into his head to come to the isles of shoals and hither he has dragged his mother and his sister and hither by consequence he has dragged me now i ask you as one who can tell what have we all come here for half-kissically half inquisitively the young man put the question lounging on the rocks and looking up into lois's face tom grew impatient but lois was too humble and simple-minded to fall into the snare laid for her i think she had a half discernment of a hidden intent under mr lennox's words nevertheless in the simple dignity of truth she disregarded it and did not even blush either with consciousness or awkwardness she was a little amused i suppose experience will have to be your teacher as it is other people's i have heard so i never saw anybody who had learned much that way come george that's ridiculous learning by experience is proverbial said tom i know but it's a delusion nevertheless you sprained your ankle among these stones for instance well you won't put your foot in that particular hole again but you will in another that's the way you do tom but to return miss Lotrop, what has experience done for you in the isles of shoals i have not had much yet does it pay to come here i think it does How came anybody to think of coming here at first? That is what I should like to know. I never saw a more uncompromising bit of barrenness. Is there no desolation anywhere else, that men should come to the Isles of Shoals? There was quite a large settlement here once, said Lois. Indeed. When? Before the war of the revolution. There were hundreds of people. Six hundred, somebody told me. "'What became of them?' "'Well,' said Lois, smiling, "'as that is more than a hundred years ago, "'I suppose they all died.' "'And their descendants?' "'Living on the mainland, most of them, "'when the war came, "'they could not protect themselves against the English.' "'Fancy, Tom,' said Lennox, "'people liked it so well on these rocks "'that it took ships of war to drive them away.' The people that live here now are just as fond of them, I am told. What earthly or heavenly inducement? Yes, I might have said so too the first hour of my being here, or the first day; the second I began to understand it. To make me understand it? If you will come here at 5 o'clock tomorrow, Mr Lennox, in the morning, I mean, and will watch the wonderful sunrise, The waking up of the land and sea. If you will stay here then patiently till ten o'clock and see the changes and colours on everything, let the sea and the sky speak to you as they will, then they will tell you all you can understand. All I can understand? Hm, may I go home for breakfast? Perhaps you must, but you will wish you need not. Will you be here? No said lois i will be somewhere else but i couldn't stand such a long talk with myself as that said the young man it was a talk with nature i recommended to you all the same nature says queer things if you let her alone best listen to them then why she tells you the truth do you like the truth certainly of course do you not always yes always do you not it's fearfully awkward said the young man yes isn't it tom echoed do you like falsehood mr lennox i dare not say what i like in this presence miss i am very much afraid you are a puritan what is a puritan asked lois simply he doesn't know said tom you needn't ask him I will ask you then, for I do not know, what does he mean by it? He doesn't know that, said Lennox, laughing. I will tell you, Miss Lodrop, if I can. A Puritan is a person so much better than the ordinary run of mortals, that she is not afraid to let nature and solitude speak to her. There's to look roses in the face, in fact, has no charity for the crooked ways of the world or for the people entangled in them a person who can bear truth and has no need of falsehood and who is thereby lifted above the multitudes of this world's population and it stands as it were alone i'll report that speech to julia said tom laughing but that is not what a puritan generally means is it said lois they both laughed now at the quaint simplicity with which this was spoken that is what it is tom answered i do not think the term is complimentary lois went on shaking her head however mr lennox's explanation may be isn't it ten o'clock near eleven then i must go in the two gentlemen accompanied her making themselves very pleasant by the way lennox asked her about flowers and tom who was something of a naturalist, told her about mosses and lichens, more than she knew. And the walk was too short for Lois. But on reaching the hotel, she went straight to her own room and stayed there. So also after dinner, which of course brought her to the company, she went back to her solitude and her work. She must write home, she said yet writing was not lois's sole reason for shutting herself up she would keep herself out of the way she reasoned probably this company of city people with city tastes would not stay long at appledore while they were there she had better be seen as little as possible for she felt that the sight of tom Carruthers' handsome face had been a pleasure and she felt and what woman does not That there is a certain very sweet charm in being liked, independently of the question how much you like in return, and Lois knew, though she hardly, in her modesty, acknowledged it to herself, that Mr. Caruthers liked her. Eyes and smiles and manners showed it; she could not mistake it. Nay, engaged man though he was, Mr. Lennox liked her too. She did not quite understand him or his manner with the keen intuition of a true woman she felt vaguely what she did not clearly discern and was not sure of the colour of his liking as she was sure of tom's tom's it might not be deep but it was true and it was pleasant and lois remembered her promise to her grandmother she even when her letter was done took out her bible and opened it in that well-known place in the second corinthians "'Be not equally joked together with unbelievers.' And she looked hard at the familiar words. Then said Lois to herself, "'It is best to keep at a distance from temptation, "'for these people were unbelievers. "'They could not understand one word of Christian hope or joy "'if she spoke them. "'What had she and they in common?' Yet Lois drew rather a long breath once or twice in the course of her meditations these unbelievers were so pleasant yes it was an undoubted fact they were pleasant people to be with and to talk to they might not think with her or comprehend her even in the great questions of life and duty in the lesser matters of everyday experience they were well versed they understood the world and the things in the world and the men and they were skilled and deft and graceful in the arts of society lois knew no young men nor all for that matter who were as gentlemen as social companions to be compared with these and others their associates in graces or persons and manner and interest of conversation she went over again and again in memory the interview and the talk of that morning and not without a secret thrill of gratification although also not without a vague half-perception of something in mr lennon's manner that she could not quite read or did not quite trust what did he mean he was miss caruthers property how came he to busy himself at all with her own insignificant self lois was too innocent to guess at the same time too finely gifted as a woman to be entirely hoodwinked she rose at last with a third little sigh as she concluded that her best way was to keep as well away as she could from this pleasant companionship but she could not stay indoors for once in her life she was at appledore she must not miss her chance the afternoon was half gone the house all still probably everybody was in his room and she should slip out safely she went down on soft feet she found nobody on the piazza not a creature inside she was glad and yet she would not have been sorry to see tom caruthers genial face which was always so very genial towards her inconsistent but who is not inconsistent lois thought herself free and had half descended the steps from the veranda when she heard a voice and her own name she paused and looked around miss lothrop are you going for a walk may i come with you and therewith emerged the form of miss julia from the house are you going for a walk will you let me go along certainly said lois i am regularly cast away here said the young lady joining her i don't know what to do with myself is there anything to do or see in this place i think so plenty then do show me what you have found where are you going i am going down to the shore somewhere i have only begun to find things yet but i never in my life saw a place where there was so much to find what pray i cannot imagine i see a little wild bit of ground and that is all i see except the sea beating on the rocks it is the forlornest place of amusement i ever heard in my life are you fond of flowers miss caruthers flowers no not very oh i like them to dress at dinner-table or to make rooms look pretty of course but i am not what you call fond of them that means loving to dig in the dirt done it lois presently stooped and gathered a flower or two did you ever see such lovely white violets she said and it is not that bright, delicate with its etching of color there are quantities of flowers here and have you noticed how deep and rich the colors are no you have not been here long enough perhaps but they are finer than any i ever saw of their kinds What did you find out at the shore? said Miss Caruthers, looking very despairingly at the slight beauties in Lois's fingers. There are no flowers there, I suppose. I can hardly get away from the shore every time I go to it, said Lois. Oh, I have only begun to explore yet. Over on that end of Appledore there are the old remains of a village where the people used to live, once upon a time. I want to go and see that but i haven't got there yet now take care of your footing miss caruthers they descended the rocks to one of the small coves of the island out of sight now of all safe rocks and sea and the tiny bottom of the cove filled with mud and sand even the low bushes which grow so thick on appledore were out of sight huckleberry and bayberry and others the wellness and solitude of the spot were perfect miss caruthers found a dry seat on a rock lois began to look carefully about in the mud and sand what are you looking for her companion asked somewhat scornfully anything i can find what can you find in that mud this is gravel where i am looking now well what is in the gravel I don't know, said Lois, in the dreamy tone of rapt enjoyment. I don't know yet. Plenty of broken shells. Broken shells? ejaculated the other. Are you collecting broken shells? Look, said Lois, coming to her and displaying her palm full of sea treasures. See the colors of those bits of shell? That's a bit of a mussel, and that is a piece of a snail's shell, I think. And aren't those little stones lovely? that is because they are wet said the other in disgust they will be nothing when they are dry lois laughed and went back to her search and miss julia waited a while with impatience for some change in the program do you enjoy this miss lothrop very much more than i can in any way tell you cried lois stopping and turning to look at her questioner her face answered for her it was all flushed and bright with delight and the spirit of discovery. A pretty creature indeed she looked as she stood there on the wet gravel of the cove, but her face lost brightness for a moment as Lois discerned Tom's head above the herbs and grasses that bordered the bank above the cove. Julia saw the change, and then the cause of it. Tom! said she, what brought you here? What brought you, I suppose said mr tom springing down the bank miss Lotrop, what can you be doing passing his sister he went to the other girl's side and now there were two searching and peering into the mud and gravel which the tide had left wet and bare and miss caruthers sitting on a rock a little above them looked on much marvelling at the follies men will be guilty of when a pretty face draws them on tom Tom, what did you expect to find she cried after a while but tom was too busy to heed her and then appeared mr lennox upon the scene you too said mrs caruthers now you have only to go down into the mud like the others and complete the situation look at tom poking about to see if he can find a whole snail shell in the wet stuff there look at him george A brother is the most vexatious things to take care of in the world. Look at Tom. Mr. Lennox did, with an amused expression of feature. Bad job, Julia, he said. It is in one way, but it isn't in another, for I am not going to be baffled. He shall not make a fool of himself with that girl. She isn't a fool. What then? said Julia sharply. Nothing. I WAS ONLY THINKING OF THE MATERIALS UPON WHICH YOUR JUDGMENT IS MADE UP. "'Materials?' echoed Julia. "'Yours is made up upon a nice complexion that bewilders all men's faculties. "'Do you think she is very pretty, George?' Mr. Lennox had no time to answer, for Lois, and of course Tom, at this moment, left the cove bottom and came towards them lois was beaming like a child with such bright pure pleasure and coming up showed upon her open palm a very delicate little white shell not a snail shell by any means i have found that she proclaimed what is that said julia disdainfully though not with rudeness you see isn't it beautiful and isn't it wonderful that it should not be broken if you think of the power of the waves here that have beat to pieces almost everything rolled and ground and crushed everything that could break and this delicate little tin has lived through it there is power of life in some delicate things said tom power of fiddlesticks said his sister miss lothrop i think this place is a terrible desert then we will not stay here any longer said lois i am very fond of these little coves no no i mean appledore generally it is the stupidest place i ever was in my life there is nothing here lois looked at the lady with an expression of wondering compassion your experience does not agree with that of miss caruthers said lennox no said lois let us take her to the place where you found me this morning maybe she would like that "'We must go, I suppose,' groaned Julia, as Mr. Lennox helped her up over the rocks after the lighter-footed couple that preceded them. "'George, I believe you are in the way.' "'Thanks,' said the young man, laughing, "'but you will excuse me for continuing to be in the way. "'I don't know. You see, it's just set stone free to attend to her. "'Look at him, picking those purple irises.' as if iris did not grow anywhere else and now elderberry blossoms and he will give her lessons in botany i shouldn't wonder how oh, tom's a goose that disease is helpless said lennox laughing again but george it is madness mr lennox's laugh rang out heartily at this his suffering mistress was not altogether pleased I do certainly consider, and so do you, I do certainly consider unequal marriages to be a great misfortune to all concerned. Certainly inequalities that cannot be made up, for instance, too tall and too short do not match well together, or for the lady to be rich and the man to be poor, that is perilous. Nonsense, George, don't be ridiculous, height is nothing and money is nothing but family and breeding and habits what is her family asked mr lennox pursing up his lips as if for a whistle no family at all just country people living at san don't you know the english middle class is the finest in the world no no better than ours my dear we have no middle class but what about the english middle class why did you bring it up it owes its great qualities to its having the mixed blood of the higher and the lower ridiculous what is that to us if we have no middle class but don't you see george what an unhappy thing it would be for tom to marry this girl mr lennox whistled slightly smiled and pulled a purple iris blossom from a tuft growing in a little spot of wet ground he offered it to her disturbed companion there is a country flower for you he observed but miss caruthers flung the flower impatiently away and hastened her steps to catch up with her brother and lois who made better speed than she mr lennox picked up the iris and followed smiling again to himself they found lois seated in her old place where the gentleman had seen her in the morning she rose at once to give the seat to miss caruthers and herself took a less convenient one it was almost a new scene to lois that lay before them now the lights were from a different quarter the colours those of the sinking day the sea from some inexplicable reason was rolling higher than it had done six hours ago and dashed on the rocks and on the reef in beautiful breakers sending up now and then a tall jet of foam or a shower of spray the hazy mainland shore line was very indistinct under the bright sky and lowering sun while every bit of west-looking rock and every sail and every combing billow was touched with warm hues or gilded with a sharp reflection the air was like the air nowhere but at the isles of shoals with the sea's salt strength and freshness and at times a waft of perfumes from the land aside lois drank it with an expressible sense of exhilaration while her eye went joyously roving from the lovely light of a sail to the dancing foam of the breakers to the colours of driftwood or seaweed or moss left wet and bare on the rocks to the line of the distant ocean or the soft vapory racks of clouds floating over from the west she well nigh forgot her companions altogether who however were less absorbed yet for a while they all sat silent looking partly at lois partly at each other partly no doubt at the leaping spray from the broken waves on the reef there was only the delicious sound of the splash and gurgle of water The scream of a gull, the breath of the air, the chirrup of a few insects, all was wild stillness and freshness and pureness, except only that little group of four human beings. And then the puzzled vexation and perplexity in Tom's face, and the impatient disgust in the face of his sister were too much for Mr. Leno's sense of the humorous, and the silence was broken by a hearty burst of laughter. Which naturally brought all eyes to himself. Pardon, said the young gentleman. The delight in your face, Julia, was irresistible. Delight she echoed. Miss Lotrop, did you find something here which you take pleasure? Lois looked round. Yes, she said simply, I find something everywhere to take pleasure in. Even at Saint Poishu? At Saint Poichu, of course, that is my home. But I never take pleasure in anything at home. It is all such an old story. Every day is just like any other day, and I know beforehand exactly how everything will be, and one dress is like another, and one party is like another. I must go away from home to get any real pleasure. Lois wondered if she succeeded. That's a nice lookout for you, George, Caruthers remarked. "'I shall know how to make home so agreeable "'that she will not want to wander any more,' said the other. "'That is what the women do for the men down our way,' said Lois, smiling. "'She began to feel a little mischief stirring. "'What sort of pleasures do you find or make at home, Miss Lothrop?" "'Julia went on. "'You are very quiet, are you not?' "'There is always one's work,' said Lois lightly she knew it would be in vain to tell her questioner the instances that came up in her memory the first dish of ripe strawberries brought in to surprise her grandmother the new potatoes uncommonly early the fine yield of her raspberry bushes the wonderful beauty of the early mornings in her garden the rarer sweeter beauty of the bible-reading and talk with old mrs armandale the triumphant afternoons on the shore, from which she and her sisters came back with great baskets of long clams, and countless other visions of home comfort and home peace, things accomplished and the fruit of them enjoyed. Miss Caruthers could not understand all this, so Lois answered simply, "'There is always one's work.' "'Work? I hate work!' cried the other woman. "'What do you call work?' everything that is to be done said lois everything except what we do for mere pleasure we keep no servant my sisters and i do all that there is to do indoors and out out of doors cried miss caruthers what do you mean you cannot do the farming no said lois smiling merrily no not the farming that is done by men but the gardening i do not seriously very seriously if you will come and see us i will give you some new potatoes of my planting i am rather proud of them i was just thinking of them planting potatoes repeated the other lady not too politely then that is the reason why you find it a pleasure to sit here and see those waves bit the logical concatenation of this speech was not so apparent but that it touched all the risible nerves of the party, and Miss Caruthers could not understand why all three laughed so heartily. "'What did you expect when you came here?' asked Lois, still sparkling with fun. "'Just what I found,' returned the other rather grumbly. End of chapter 14 Recorded by Gabby Cowan